Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Anything we do from the soulful self will help lighten the burdens of the world. Anything. Clarissa Pincola Estes, Mexican-American writer and Jungian psychoanalyst, is speaking. She continues, you have no idea what the smallest word the tiniest generosity can set in motion. Be outrageous in forgiving. Be dramatic in reconciling. Mistakes, back up and make them as right as you can and then move on. Be off the charts in kindness. To whatever you are called, strive to be devoted to it in all aspects, large and small. Fall short. Try again, be brave, be fierce, be visionary. To intend to live this way is the most dramatic gift you can give to the world. Consider yourself assigned. When I first heard these words, I felt a small current of electricity pulse through my body. Consider yourself assigned. Clarissa Pincola Estes concludes, I assign you to be a beautiful, good, kind, awakened, soulful person, a true work of art, a true human being. In a world filled with so much darkness, such a soul shines like gold, can be seen from a far distance, is dramatically different. Want to help? Show your deepest, most divine self to the world. There is nothing more rare, more strange, more needed. Want to cease feeling helpless? Serve someone and something in this aching world. Everyone on earth serves someone and something. That means being your best self now. Why would you wait? Not worthy? Don't be silly. Not ready? Okay, when? The time to fulfill these is truly now. Consider yourself assigned. As we begin a new year together, I invite you to reflect with me on the power of intention. Intention. The etymology of the word, its linguistic history is Latin. It meant to stretch out and turn our attention. In very early English, it meant heart, mind, understanding, as well as purpose and aspiration. It's a pretty complex word, much deeper and richer than the casual way we tend to use it nowadays, meaning an immediate aim. I intend to go to the grocery store. 
I want to suggest we reclaim the original intention of intention to stretch towards something, to attend our better angels and incline our hearts and minds and hands to higher ways and loftier ends. No time, we say. We're buried under our to-do list, born on the winds of circumstance, eaten up by the demands of living day to day, those tasks that eat up our hours and energy. Whatever happens guides our direction, and so we wander mindlessly, starved for meaning. Oh, my friends, if we're not careful, we'll end up where we're going. There's so much we cannot control, but we can interrupt the momentum of our lives and change course. The power of intention is a superpower. Carlos Castaneda's Yaqui Indian teacher, Don Juan, taught, in the universe, there is an immeasurable, indescribable force that shamans call intent. Absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is connected to intent. Dr. Wayne Dyer, who wrote The Power of Intention, concurs. Intention, he says, goes far beyond our individual will. Intention is not something we do. It's a force that exists in the universe as an energy field abundantly available to each and every one of us. I'd say I'm agnostic about intention as an energy field. Still, when Star Wars General Dodonna says, may the force be with you, we know what he means. Our calling is to affirm that we are on a mission and determine to set off on a spiritual path. For many years now, I've carried the story of Julianne Kupke. 50 years ago on Christmas Eve, she was a 17-year-old German-Peruvian high school senior when she and her mother boarded an hour-long flight out of Lima. Her mother, a renowned ornithologist, didn't like flying. She told her daughter, it is unnatural that a bird made of metal takes off into the air. 40 minutes later, their plane flew into a thunderstorm, setting off what is still the deadliest lightning strike disaster in aviation history. Everyone on board died, except Julianne, who plummeted almost two miles out of the sky, still strapped to her seat, and lived to tell the story. When she came to, Julianne was foggy from a concussion and her collarbone was broken. She was wearing a thin summer dress and had torn, that had torn, and she had on a single open-backed sandal. Her glasses were missing. But she said, I vowed if I stayed alive, I would devote my life to meaningful cause that serve nature and humanity. Her sole intention was to survive for a higher purpose. And so she began to walk out of the Amazonian rainforest to keep her promise. Her parents were both zoologists. She had accompanied them on many research trips. 
Luckily, she says, I'd lived in the jungle long enough to be acquainted with the bugs and other creatures that scurry, rustle, whistle, and snarl. There was almost nothing my parents hadn't taught me about the jungle. If you ever get lost in the rainforest, they counseled, find moving water and follow its course to the river where human settlements are likely to be. For the next 11 days, she followed a trickle of water that became a stream. About six days in, she says, I hear a buzzing, groaning sound that immediately turns my mood to euphoria. It's the unmistakable call of a Huatzin, a subtropical bird that nests exclusively near open stretches of water where people settle. Finally, finally, she arrived at a river where she was discovered by woodsmen. I'm a girl who was in the Lanza Crass, she told them, speaking Spanish. My name is Julianne. Her epic journey was over and the fulfillment of her mission began. Julianne Kupke went on to earn a degree in biology in Germany before returning to Peru. 50 years later, she continues to run Panguana the country's oldest research station, a remote conservation outpost that was founded by her parents. Harnessing the power of intention could save your life. In the Upanishads, the Sanskrit texts of Hindu philosophy, it is written, as your intention is, so is your will. As your will is, so is your deed, as your deed is, so is your destiny. Intention, will, deed, destiny. When focusing our energy on something, we give more of our brain power to it. Neuroscience tells us that setting an intention primes our nervous system to be on the lookout for whatever will support what we intend. In his book, The Mindful Brain, psychiatrist Daniel Siegel writes about the effect that paying attention to intention has on our brain. Intentions create an integrated state of priming, he says, a gearing up of our neural system to be in the mode of that specific intention. We are readying to sense, to receive, to focus, to act. In other words, when we're paying attention to our intention, we're more likely to notice all the interconnected pieces, opportunities, people, experiences that support it. It's not magic. It's willfulness and restlessness no matter what. It's devoting our innate faculties in the service of a mission. Making up our minds is one of the most powerful actions we can take. In his book, The Scottish Himalaya Expedition, 1951, W.H. Murray writes, we had definitely committed ourselves and were halfway out of our ruts. We'd put down our passage money, booked a sailing to Bombay. This might sound too simple, but it is great in consequence. Until one is committed, there is hesitance, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness, concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. The moment one definitely commits oneself, 
then providence moves too. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no one could have dreamt would have come their way. I learned a great deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. He concludes, whatever you can do or dream it, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. The Buddha speaks of a progression from wise thoughts to wise words to wise actions of the mind and heart that inclines, slants, and leans toward freedom. The directive is to start from the end. Decide what you want, get clear about why you want it, and get going. Thoughts, words, actions. The why is especially important. Why do you choose to intend that? How is that connected to your mission? Dig in. There may be a lot of course correcting as we frame the why. And this is important, very simply. Ego-based intentions will only perpetuate thoughts, feelings, and actions that keep us imprisoned in feeling separate and limited. By contrast, the Buddha encouraged his followers to goodwill, friendliness, compassion, generosity, and kindness. Intentions that come from an open mind and an open heart will call us home to joy. Staring down two years of living through a global pandemic, more than some of us are struggling with the emotional long haul. Sociologist Corey Keyes named it languishing, something between depression and flourishing. In response, there's been a huge emphasis during this time on self-care. The industry has soared past $10 billion a year in the United States. Self-care may help, but it's not the cure. The cure includes the intention to show up for each other. We know this. The line between self-care and other care is blurry. Because we are deeply interconnected, taking care of ourselves supports others, and helping others is a kindness to ourselves. This truth is at the original meaning, the radical roots of self-care. Writing for The Atlantic, Jamil Zaki says, in the 1960s, in response to the lack of access to high-quality health care that so many black Americans face, the Black Panther Party launched what they called survival programs, mutual aid efforts designed to encourage nutrition, exercise, and preventative medicine. Activists such as Angela Davis and Erica Huggins broaden their approach to include mindfulness and yoga, more along the lines of what we now understand as self-care. But their version was firmly rooted in community. As they saw it, self-care among black people, especially black women, was a radical act, a way to continue pushing against oppression and toward justice. Anyone who is interested in making change in the world, Angela Davis says, has to learn to take care of herself. The conversation prompt at a recent Wednesday tea party was, what's one of the best gifts anyone ever gave you? 
people shared about life-changing thoughtfulnesses and the treasure that is true friendship. Some mentioned Zoom. And every single one of us agreed that sharing an hour over tea each week is a gift beyond measure. That the steadying, uplifting presence of one another, sometimes hilarious, sometimes poignant, is a life-giving intention. Beloved spiritual companions, let's close by hearing these words from Clarissa Pincola Estes again. Anything we do from the soulful self will help lighten the burdens of the world. Anything. You have no idea what the smallest word, the tiniest generosity, can set in motion. Be brave. Be fierce. Be visionary. Want to help? Show your deepest, most divine self to the world. There is nothing more rare, more strange, more needed. Want to cease feeling helpless? Serve someone and something in this aching world. Everyone on earth serves something and someone. This means being your best self now. To intend to live in this way is the most dramatic gift you can give to the world. Consider yourself assigned. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. These words are adapted from a letter written by Reiner Mario Rilke to his wife, Clara, on January 1st, 1907. And now, let us believe in the new year that is given to us. New, untouched, full of things that have never been. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Where you go, I will go.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.